Mutability. Welcome to Nature's Lead. This is a podcast available at naturesleed.com that both examines and inspires a certain approach towards life that is based both on personal philosophies and on the writings of people such as Emerson and Thoreau. Please send any feedback to info at naturesleed.com or drop a comment onto either the blog or onto iTunes. This is Series 2, Episode 34, Title, Technology as Destination. Hello again. In this episode, I talk about the problem of treating technology as a destination, and I make an analogy to A Descent into the Maelstrom by Edgar Allan Poe. So we'll get to that in a second, but first a short message followed by today's random window. I just wanted to say to those of you who follow the podcast that I'm sorry this last interval has been so long. I'm transitioning jobs once again, and I didn't mean for the time between posts to be so long. In the future, I'm going to try to make more use of short Open Valley episodes to keep a good cadence of material. But thanks for continuing to support me with your listenership and your emails. I love this relationship we have, and I want it to continue. Okay, now for today's random window. I sat in a shopping center parking lot for a little while, late one night with the windows open and the cool breeze coming through. Everything was closing down, and I noticed the cacophony of crickets were taking over the environment. Nature was taking back control of that place each night. I was suddenly in an open field, not a parking lot. It reminded me of how temporary it all is. All this human stuff, all our pomp and circumstance, it's all ephemeral. Nature has an eye on all this we create. She takes a deep breath And with a slow, calm exhale, it's all gone. On to the main topic, technology as destination. One major problem to me with this digital revolution or tech boom or whatever you want to call it is that technology has consistently since the early 90s become the end of our focus rather than the means. In the Middle Ages, If some new tools were invented, would you then try to make more advanced tools immediately, or would you then focus on what the tools could do for you? Today, we have no time to breathe. The focus is advancing technology, rather than what the technology does for us. The advances are meaningless, because they simply beget the next advance. Therefore, the overriding and sole purpose of an advance in technology is to enable the next advance. And we are all bought into this treadmill whole hog. The only thing that sustains it, keeps it above water, is that consumers are willing to throw money at it. The belief system of the consumer has been so warped under the bombardment of a free market running to its natural end that we see purpose, accomplishment, and finality in grasping new technology. We have made an end from means. But this sounds dark. I don't mean to sound so negative about this path. As I've pointed out before, not only have I made a living on this industry, I really enjoy many aspects of it. I like new technologies and following the progress of these tech giants. And a lot of good comes from all this as well. My point is not that it's all bad, because it's not. I could easily argue that most of what comes out of this is good for society. But my point is not in the results, but the approach. Sometimes what is most fun and enjoyable is pursued at the sacrifice of certain crucial elements. Technology has moved from a tool to entertainment. 
from a path to a destination. Part of the problem is the speed at which we can produce new products. We are becoming more and more streamlined as a society. A company can revamp a product line and come out with a whole new offering within a year. One of the big companies I worked for in the industry would come out with three successive versions of a product per year. Within four months, your purchase was outdated. Your technology was old. So this brings me to one of the big catalysts that enables the success of such exponential speed. New is good. That message is a hammering core truth in the tech industry. It trumps all other messages and arguments. Whether or not you need the item, whether or not your old version of the item works perfectly well, whether or not your time, money, and energy could be more valuably spent elsewhere is all secondary to the primary driver behind an industry focused on material goods and short product cycles. For these industry players, competition accelerates their engine. They are forced to accelerate growth and production ever skyward until imploding. And then another eager collection of men and women standing arm in arm under a single label supplant them and join the race. I sometimes imagine this corporate cycle as the magnificent maelstrom described by Poe. A Descent into the Maelstrom was a short story written by Edgar Allan Poe around 1841. It's the story of an old man telling a story to a younger man at the summit of a mountain climb, and the old man pulls us into his story immediately with the following lines. You suppose me a very old man, he says, but I am not. It took less than a single day to change these hairs from a jetty black to white, to weaken my limbs, and to unstring my nerves. He tells of how his ship got caught in a gigantic funnel or whirlpool in the ocean, causing him to age. Nature, in all her powerful glory, both shocks and awes him. He has both fear and reverence in the story. Listen to these lines when describing his reaction. Never shall I forget the sensations of awe, horror, and admiration with which I gazed about me. The boat appeared to be hanging, as if by magic, midway down upon the interior surface of a funnel vast in circumference, prodigious in depth, and whose perfectly smooth sides might have been mistaken for ebony, but for the bewildering rapidity with which they spun around, and for the gleaming and ghastly radiance they shot forth, as the rays of the full moon, from that circular rift amid the clouds which I have already described, streamed in a flood of golden glory along the black walls and far away down into the inmost recesses of the abyss. But how do I see this as a comparison to our technology whirlpool? The maelstrom is self-contained and self-consuming. It's self-propagating and self-defeating. And this maelstrom of technology cycles has created its own inward-focused universe. So as we adapt, we accept it more. We are more awe-inspired, more filled with reverence. I picture the movement getting quicker as you get closer to the center, just as a hurricane or tornado. So this adapting to the maelstrom as one descends into it, coupled with the increase in speed, points directly to the theory of relativity. I know, quite a leap, but work with me here. Mind the gap, as they'd say in the London Underground. The famous theory is broken up into two parts, general and special. 
Now special relativity holds that as we travel closer to the speed of light, we seem relatively slower than anyone or anything traveling at a lesser speed. For example, a clock on Mount Everest will tick slower than a clock in Death Valley, California, because the mountaintops of the world are traveling faster through the universe and closer to the speed of light than the low deserts and valleys of the world. This is a proven fact. So as you descend into a maelstrom and the speed picks up, things are actually slowing down relative to everything outside the maelstrom. Now let's superimpose this onto the technology maelstrom. Whereas physical speed picks up in this ever-increasing technology renewal cycle, perhaps actual tangible progress in terms of humanity's growth actually stagnates. So although we adapt to the speed and think it's normal, perhaps we are regressing from our true potential. The great irony here, therefore, is that we have the appearance of moving faster when the reality is that we're moving slower. Empty progress. You know what is evolving in all this frenzy? Devices. Just look at the current advancement of handheld devices. Their evolutionary track is staggering. Devices are evolving off the backs of our mule-like devotion to the descent. And if technology is evolving and not people, then the criteria for the measuring stick of progress becomes warped. Much of the moral and human goals of an evolving society are superseded by the evolution goals of an electric binary world. Okay, so this sounds apocalyptic. Next I'll be talking about robots inheriting the earth. <laughs> no, I think looking at things this way helps me to pull back a bit on the rush to gadgets, the rush to upgrades, the rush to the new. New is not inherently better than old. Old can be better. And it's not even a question of old versus new. That's the argument they want you to see. It's a question of you versus you. It's the you of society versus the you that you deeply know. What's the balance? What's best for you? What will help you to achieve your life goals? But I want that new mobile phone. <laughs> My life would be so complete if I only could surf the day's TV schedule while I make a quick run down to the donut shop. I know, I know. Somehow we all of a sudden need it, don't we? We survived thousands of years in civilized quarters, but now from this spot in the maelstrom, as we've adapted to the speed, we now need to know the current temperature in Minsk. The question then becomes... Can you do both? Can you understand that you've been manipulated and also accept it with no reservations and regrets? I think yes. We have to be smart enough to comprehend our lives from a larger perspective, but accept that it's okay to partake in the intricate cultural minutiae. But as I always point out, it's simply powerful to understand it, to not fully accept the trends as truth. And in this case, to see you as destination and not technology as destination. That brings us to a close. So until next time, I wish you well and don't forget to follow Nature's Lead.